one. Hey, it's Friday, week seven of the daily fantasy football season. You found yourself upon the Sports Attic Fantasy Football Show. I think I figured that out. A little bit of an echo there. I was coming back at me. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Happy Friday. You see, that drives me crazy when I get that. Oh, I was so frustrated with that right now. Um, this is the Daily Fantasy Sports Show from the Sports Attic. We're talking all things DraftKings. Uh, well, one man is talking all things DraftKings. This guy right here. The show's, uh, I'll call you the the expert of oh, no, no, fantasy please, football. No. Of course, the main slate is what we'll be talking about. Who are you stacking? Who are we punting on? What are the value plays? Al Larcher. Uh, you can find him at Larcher. Then life on Twitter. Follow him there. Uh, big time winner of uh, of many uh, many events through DraftKings here. Uh, Al, what's up with week seven? Well, how was your week six? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Week six was all right. Like uh, week six, I couldn't find the ceiling, but all my teams like hit it hit the average, so I made money, like a little bit of money. But you know, when you play tournaments, you obviously want to win a lot of money. Uh, and generally speaking, I take about a 30% loss until I hit a big win. And uh, this week I just broke even. So we we're a little above, but, you know, nothing to brag about. So it was okay. It was all right. But I'm excited because this week we're officially here. We've been waiting all year for it. This is the Geno Smith week. Uh-oh. You know, uh, you know, it, he's projected to be the highest owned quarterback on the slate. It's the uh, largest over and under. Yep. The Seattle uh, Los Angeles Chargers game. So we're getting excited. That's great. That's fantastic. Um, it, it's definitely for me a, a weird week. You know, you don't have the Eagles there. There's no. Uh, there's no Buffalo Bills. Um, what? What? Where are we finding the right place? I know there's two games there that are now at fifty and above. Right. That's what yeah, I saw yeah. last night. For for a bit earlier this week, there was only one. I mean, I think uh, I think Dak coming back might have pushed one a little bit. Oh, right. Yeah, I have those. I have two games at 49 and one at 50. But uh, you're right. I mean, there's essentially three games on this slate looking at it's been it's been the same story the last couple of weeks where there's like, you know, one game that's obvious to play. And then like one other game that is probably the pivot this week. I think there's a little more uh, parity. I mean, I think there's three there's three games at 49 and 50. Um, over-unders, and that's, of course, Seattle, L.A. Chargers, which has the highest over and under. There's the 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. It looks like the line might have moved on that a little bit, and the Kansas City Chiefs now only favored by two points. Um, I don't know if they're if they're baking in the fact that Christian McCaffrey will play. Um, if you're just waking up and you, and you don't know this, Christian McCaffrey, of course, now a San Francisco 49er. And uh, hopefully you guys got uh, De- Deontay Foreman. Don't get Chubba Hubba. Deontay Foreman's the pickup. I, I The news broke last night at about 1030, 10, yeah. somewhere, somewhere in there. And I went to, uh, you know, the uh, the draft wizard uh, that, that we both use, you know, where you can look at all your teams. You can type in a player and see if they're available in any of your leagues. Sure. 90% of my leagues, all but one league, the Scott Fishbowl, he was available, Deontay Foreman. Um, but I was at work 
Five minutes later, I missed out on two two of my seven teams. Somebody snagged him in those couple oh, minutes. Dang. So, like it, it was it was a feeding frenzy last night to get him, and hopefully hopefully people got him. And if you're not in a sharp league and you're waking up this morning, that's a that's a definite pickup. Well, I got something to do here. Hang on a second. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you I think you missed the boat, Clark. Um, but no, there's but, one league. There's one. Did you did you hear about the news last night? Did you know the Christian? I mean, it was just before I went to bed. Uh, you know, my uh, my my Carolina Panthers expert, my sister, uh, was was staying the night. She flew just flew back into town, and big fan of the Carolina Panthers. Um, I, we had just said goodnight. I was up in bed. I sent her a text then, and she said they didn't get enough for him. That was what she said. They said she should they should have at least gotten a number one. And I'm like, man, they got a two, three, and a four, and then a yeah. five for the next year. That's a lot. Like that's. That's pretty it good. Is. It is for, I don't buy into the whole injury prone thing, but uh, you know, I mean, obviously that's a case to be made against Christian McCaffrey is right. going to a team that tends to specialize in injuries. The San Francisco 49ers are known for injuries and he's a player known for injuries. As so, is he. Yeah. Yeah. Well. It's kind of interesting. DraftKings still has him as a Carolina Panther. Um, I don't know that they're going to yank him. I don't think that they do. I know well, sometimes I, with trades they suspend players. Yeah, they don't. They don't accrue points. Right now, DraftKings is saying isn't saying that. Well, I'm not on the actual DraftKings app. I'm on. Uh, okay. Um, you know, I'm on my fantasy labs right now, looking at it, and he's still he's listed as a Carolina Panther, and uh, you know, at eighty four hundred. So I don't know if he gets pulled from the slate. I think if he if he is playing, that's a pretty good spot against the Kansas City Chiefs, where I definitely want to fire up some Christian McCaffrey. Um he was he was a good play against a tough Tampa Bay defense. And now I, I think he'd be a smash play. But yeah, so that game that game has moved up to um the forty nine uh to, to uh forty nine points and um the over and under is only two now for Kansas City. It's just a it's a hard game to attack. Um, even before Christian McCaffrey, I just didn't know where to go on the San Francisco side. You know, Kansas City is very easy. Like you, you just kind of know what to do there. You know, there's there's Kelsey, um, there's Scatling, um, and there's uh, 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 yeah, Schuster, Scatling, maybe maybe Mikel Hardman, but he's losing snaps to Sky Moore, so I just wouldn't want to touch either of those guys in a stack even though they might, they might make a little bit of sense. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm sticking with Scatling. I'm sticking with Schuster. I'm sticking with Kelsey and and Mahomes. Um, but then you get to the San Francisco 49er side of things. And it's just like, I'm not as, I'm not as uh, sure what to do. I mean, the running back situation prior to Christian McCaffrey, it was a mess. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Wilson, uh, Trevin Coleman and uh, Kyle Jusidrick, um, those, those three guys, I mean, it was just a, a mess. So Christian McCaffrey definitely clears that, that up because you, now you have a clear number one alpha, but, um, you know, as far as the passing game goes, AOC, Brandon AOC went off last week. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's the speed guy. This isn't a great spot for him against Kansas city. Uh, but you still, I, he's a guy I would play in the stack. Debo Samuel is in a good spot this week. Um, 7,600. I think, I think he's well worth the play. Uh, a lot of upside there. And, you know, George Kittle is getting a lot of usage. He hasn't delivered really yet, but the dude's, uh, the dude's seeing the targets. I mean, 10 targets last week. 
if CMC is coming in, and I know Samuel will uh, get behind this, you know, get behind the quarterback there a lot and, and run the ball. Does that affect how much you'd place a Samuel this week? You say Curtis Samuel? Uh, yeah. Um, no, Debo, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Debo. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking, I'm thinking, still thinking Carolina Panthers. Oh, that's um, okay. And I don't even think uh, Curtis Smith is still there with them. Uh, anyways. Um, right. But Samuel will run the ball, right? Yeah. I mean, Samuel was being used in, in specialty packages and he was getting a couple touches as a running back a game. Um, yep. But I mean, you couldn't really depend on it. And I think this frees him up more as a wide receiver. Uh, 10 targets last week, seven catches. Uh, he only got 79 yards. So, I mean, he's getting the targets, 10 targets last week, nine targets the prior week, seven targets, eight targets. So that's his last five outings. Um, he's only cleared a hundred yards once and he only has two touchdowns in those games, but the usage is there. The opportunity is there. We know he's a skilled player. So you're just waiting for the explosion and, you know, a shootout with Kansas city is a very sexy and appealing place for that to happen. And if Christian McCaffrey is on the field, and he's picking up a lot of that underneath stuff. Um, I, I think it's going to open. It's going to open the ball up more for for Debo Samuel. You know, listen, Christian McCaffrey might have been the missing piece. He might have been the link that's needed to really get this offense alive because it's dead right now. And uh, you know, Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo not obviously not a great quarterback. And you know, they were they're planning on uh, Trey Lance having a big year. And of course, he he wasn't looking good, and then he got injured. Um, as far as rushing goes, in the last five games. He, he's gone two touches, two touches, two touches, five touches. So, I mean, it looks like he's just getting two touches a game for about 12 yards. So, you know, um, I know they tried some trick stuff with him, but it really wasn't, it wasn't working this year. And uh, yeah, so th that, that's not a concern. As um, long as he's getting the targets through the air, which he has been. So this is a game. Yeah, it's definitely one to attack. I think it's probably going to come in lower owned than the LA chargers and the uh, Seattle Seahawks game. So if you're looking to pivot, get a little off the chalk, I think people are just going to be a little confused what to do here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking myself into doing some Debo Samuel stacks with uh, with Kittle. And if McCaffrey is playing, I think people are going to be wary to play him because they just don't know how much he's going to touch the ball, if he, he's in sync with the offense yet. Um or if they even put him on the field. And uh, so I, I got logged into DraftKings. It took me a second uh, there. Uh, the security reasons. Still listed. Uh, McCaffrey still listed as a Carolina Panther. Of course, in the player news coming from Roto RotoWire, it mentions the trade, but still listed as a Carolina Panther. Okay. I don't know. Al, I, I do know that most times DraftKings says uh, that traded players will not be available to, to score points. Um, yeah. I wonder if that changes a little bit when if they expect someone to play someone of the CMC status, you know, because I, I don't know. Trades like this don't happen. Like it, yeah. There's no precedent, I don't think. Right. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I don't I don't recall anything. Like, yeah, I don't I don't, I don't remember. I'm trying to find. OK, traded player policy for DraftKings team sports when a player is traded after a contest for a given game set have become available, but before contest started, traded players will be eligible to cure fantasy points for their new team when both teams 
the players' old and new teams are in the game set. So it sounds like he's going to be uh, eligible. Okay. All right. So if nobody, if, if people are going to be confused and not play him, then I'm playing a lot of Christian McCaffrey. If, right. If, if everybody just wants to play Christian McCaffrey because, you know, his price is fairly decent because he was in a tough spot this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He, you know, he's 8,400, um, which I think is, is fairly reasonable for Christian McCaffrey. Then, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm probably going to touch him. I'm probably going to play him. I mean, if ownership's under 15%, I'm, I'm going to be very excited to play him. But again, you just don't know. There's a lot of obviously uncertainty in yeah. playing him this week. Cause you just, what are they going to do? Are they going to use him or not? Right. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. So as of today, I mean, yeah, it, it's a situation that to keep an eye on as, as we roll, I guess. Yeah. But I'm more interested in the air game of, of this than the, the run game. There so I, I think I'm going to stick with mostly my stacks. I don't even know. I might play Christian McCaffrey outside of the stack and, and stick with, you know, a Garoppolo to a Samuel Aok or a, a Garoppolo to an Aok Kelsey with a Kansas City run back. And, you know, the Kansas City wide receivers are so cheap. Uh, Scatling's uh, 4,400, you know, 5% ownership right now. And, and let me say this because, you know, we, we talk about ownerships a lot here that this is very early in the week ownership. I mean, I know it's Friday morning, but over the next two days that those, these ownerships change a lot. So when I'm giving you an ownership now, it's just a, it's an early estimate and just understand like, you know, pay attention to ownership and how the market changes uh, as the week progresses. But yeah, right now, Samuel only 10% ownership and Scatling five and AOC four wow. and Ke Kelsey is at, um, you know, 2% ownership and uh, uh, Kittle's at about 10%. So you know, there's, there's no one's playing this game as of right now. You know, people, people just, I, I think that people feel burned by Kansas City because you just like Kansas City goes off and then they kind of cool down and San Francisco is just a, a hard team to play. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely having exposure on this game. I think I'm starting to like this game a lot. The more we talk about it here, um, I, I think it's just going to be a nice pivot off of Seattle and the LA chargers and it's a late game. So if you can make some early moves, if you could take a lot of risk early and that risk pays off, mm -hmm. you know, you could, you could then pivot to playing the chalk in this game, which there's not a lot of, but you could play the stars, but, and if your chalk fails early or if your risk fails early, then you can move to like an AOC and try and try to attack the game at a different angle than other people are playing. So you know, it gives you some flexibility. I like I, I like this game a lot. Um, let's go to Seattle and the Chargers. Um, this this is probably going to be the chalkiest game. As I said, right now, uh, Geno Smith is, is projected to be the highest owned quarterback at 15%. Justin Herbert's projecting around 10%. So you're looking at, you know, 25% ownership on this game alone. It's, it's going to suck up most of the ownership in the game. And, you know, consistently the uh, – the Seattle Seahawks wide receivers have been underpriced and I actually haven't looked at a lot of pricing yet. So let me flip over there. Yeah. Wow. I mean, come on. Tyler Lockett, 5,800. I mean, are you kidding me? He's just too damn cheap. And he, you know, and because of that, he's sucking up at about, you know, 20% ownership at least. 
and DK Metcalf, 6,600. You know, he's looking at uh, 10 to 15% ownership. So, I mean, this game clearly is where all the ownership's going. Mike Williams right now is not projecting for much ownership, but I think once people start putting their stacks together, he's going to be the run back. Um, also, you know, Gerald Everett is probably a, a decent play as a run back. So, and he's projecting right now at about 6% ownership. So, yeah, this, this game is very stackable, but you're going to be fighting ownership on it. So you're going to have to t- – this is the game where you want to take your risk early, hope for the best, and if it hits, you know, you could stick with this game if you take your risk early. If your risk early fails, you can then, you know, pivot to the, um, the Kansas City-San Francisco game and get off the ownership. So th- th- those are the two kind of options there. Um, if you're playing like, you know, when I'm running 150 teams in a mass tournament, the idea of be of playing early game risk and then being able to make moves in the evening games, the late games, it's just not realistic. But when I'm doing like a single, um, you know, a single entry or a three, three team entry, these are things you really should be considering, you know, take your, if you take risk early and your risk hits, Stay with the chalky game. Stay where all the points are projected to be in the Seattle LA Chargers. But if you take a lot of risk early and, and you and you you take chances early and those chances fail, or they don't fail, but let's say they don't they don't go off like you think they should, then you're going to want to move away from the ownership and go to the San Francisco Kansas City game. So um, that's just something to consider between these two games. As far as Seattle, uh, obviously. Geno Smith is, is is just having a, a fantastic year from an efficiency standpoint. Uh, the guy is just playing really good football, and he, he's surrounded by good wide receivers. And I think this the, the Seattle team is probably the biggest surprise of the NFL this season. Uh, it, oddly enough, I think Denver is probably the biggest disappointment. So, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, uh, now he's not looking good for uh, for us there. Uh, but yeah, Geno Smith is a really good play, uh, especially in single entry or, or you know, cash games, uh, because his ownership is going to be high. He's probably going to be a fade in tournament. That's probably where you're going to want to go to a Garoppolo or Mahomes um, or some of these other guys we'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, Geno Smith, just just very efficient. The ceiling isn't great. You know, you're talking about 25, 30 point ceiling, but he's 5,600. He's just so cheap. He could easily triple his value. You know, he gets you 22 points. You've, you've tripled, you've over tripled your value. I mean, you, you got a times four multiplier on it at that point. So, and then the pieces are just easy. You know, it's like, if you, if you think the run game is going to be there, Ken Walker, the third's a great play this week, um, nice. but he's eating ownership, 26% ownership. Um, Eckler. If you think this game goes, How about that ownership there? Are you seeing for Eckler that high ownership, like 30 to 40% I mean, this is the early, as you said, this is early, but wow. I don't Good know why the, everything's, everything is slow to this morning. Um, so I unclicked. So yeah, Let me tell you, it's not. everything is slow. Yeah. It, it took a little extra time for the coffee to be made this morning. It took a little extra time. Just I to feel get, you. Get down here. I'll tell you that much. Dude, Whew. two days in a row. Uh, over the weekend, as a matter of fact, going into our Tuesday show, this happened. That's why it mm-hmm. took me a little. It took me a little extra to get get to my seat for the Tuesday show. Um, Monday, I made coffee, and I got my coffee, 
and it should have been a large coffee, but there was only a small amount of coffee in it. I realized I didn't refill my water reserve. Tuesday, I did the exact same damn thing. So uh, uh-huh. I'm only projecting, I'm only seeing Eckler projected about 15% ownership and given his price is 8,300. Um, I, th- I think that's going to be more accurate than your numbers, but uh, you know, it's up to, it's up. Ownership's always up for debate. Um, you know, I, I use, uh, I use fantasy labs and I use establish the run and uh, uh, you know, the, the ETR guys are great. I mean, they're, they're really good at, at uh, projecting ownership um, and your sources, I think are decent, but um yeah, I mean, even Fantasy Labs sure. has their ownership at around ten percent. Okay, uh, Establish the Run has it around fifteen. So, um, whereas Ken Walker's at thirty-five percent ownership and twenty-five uh, percent ownership. So, you know, he he seems to be the uh, the go-to in this game. Uh, Eckler is in a great spot, an absolute smash spot. So, I mean, I think that's why your numbers are projecting so high sure. with him because you know. This is a Seattle team that gives gives away um, equity at receiving running back and the running back position in general. Like the Seattle Seahawks are a team you attack against the running back. So Eckler is just in a really good spot here, and uh, I'm liking I'm liking the Eckler play. If I'm building stacks, I'm probably not going to involve Eckler. I'm probably going to go uh, Lockett, Medcap, or um, you know, even the tight end in that situation. Uh, mm-hmm. I might throw in some G- Gerald Everett. Or, uh, I'm sorry, no, I'm not touching the tight ends for the uh, Seahawks. Um, I'm all over the place tonight. Uh, that's all right. This morning. Again, no, tonight, it's your night. It's my morning. That's that's yeah. where we're sitting here. It makes that sense. That is true. Yep. Um, yeah. I f- So, just looking at breaking down the two late games, I like the San Francisco Kansas City game better. I just I, I see more and going coming into the show, I don't think I would have said that. I think I was really excited for the Geno stacks, but looking at ownership and pricing, I think you're just there's just so much value in Kansas City and San Francisco. And there's so little ownership right now. It might get steamed as people start trying to build and realizing that the Seattle game is costly and, and there's very high ownership. Um but yeah. I mean, that, that, that's my thought on those two games. Uh, but again, for Seattle, I'm probably looking at Lockett. I'm looking at Metcalf, and I'm looking at uh, at the running back, Walker. And then for the L.A. Chargers, you know, I probably will play little Eckler in the stacks. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to want to play Eckler outside of the stacks more than within the stacks. Uh, I'm definitely going to be looking at Mike Williams. Keenan Allen is, I don't know if he's going to play or not, you know, as of right now, I leaning towards probably him playing, but then again, they got the bye coming up next week, I believe. So it just makes more sense for him to sit. So give it, given the, the, the fact that the bye is next week, I'm going to say he sits. Okay. So in Palmer, uh, Joshua Palmer still in a concussion protocol as of right now. Um, I, th- I think he is going to play. Five at five grand, he's probably a pretty good play, especially if Keenan Allen sits. But regardless, you know he's he's going to be the third wide receiver, um, one way or another. So Joshua Palmer, I'll be looking at. So I'm still iffy on who to play on the Chargers due to injury questions. Um, 
But yeah, I I just don't feel good about it anyways. Uh, Gerald Everett, I think, would be a smart play just because you kind of know, um, you know, Donald Parnham is in the concussion protocol um, as well, I believe. Um, maybe maybe I'm getting uh, am I getting that confused? Because you have Joshua Palmer, and then you have Parham. Um, both both are listed as questionable, and one of them I know is in concussion protocol, and I believe it's the. Uh, uh, it's Palmer. Both of them. It's it, Palmer. It, okay. I know Palm. Yeah, I was looking Palmer up. Uh, yeah, it's him. So, yeah. And I don't think Parham's going to play, which would open the door for Gerald Everett as a really good play. Um, and he's projecting well within the model. Uh, he, he's one of my highest projecting tight ends right now. So, so uh, if there's I, I, no, if there's no Keenan Allen, if there's no Palmer and Everett's the play, one of the plays there, you said, uh, what about, do you go down to Deandre Carter at 3,700? They're just, I think there's not much listed there for, for the, draft I think it's, I think it's too thin for me. I don't think there's a real ceiling there. Right. I, I don't see you hitting your value or getting your value back. I mean, Mike Williams has been struggling to get his value, um, <laughs> which is probably going to keep his ownership down, you know, because he's been so streaky. Uh, but, but I like the Mike Williams there play there, especially if I'm playing stacks, especially if his ownership is going to remain as low as it's projecting right now, which is under 5%. But again, I think it's early in the week, and I think once people start building – they're going to want him as the run back. Uh-huh. Um, although it, maybe maybe the thought is everyone's just going to play Eckler as the run back um, against the Seattle stack. So because because yeah, everyone's yep. going to want to touch to that Geno play just because he's so cheap. But yep, you know, uh, I'm telling you, man, Garoppolo and that San Francisco Kansas City game that's juicy to me and. Uh, I don't know if I really want to play Garoppolo all that much. I, I definitely prefer um, Mahomes, but just for cost efficiency and higher ceiling builds, um, I think the spending down and getting Garoppolo at uh, 5,500 is probably the play. He doesn't project as well as Geno Smith. They're virtually the same price on DraftKings. Yep. Geno Smith is 5,600. Jimmy Garoppolo is 5,500. Um, Smith is projecting around 20 points. You know, Garoppolo is projecting around 17. Um, Both have – their ceilings are all right. You know, uh, Smith has a much higher ceiling than Garoppolo. But if this game shoots out like that, I mean, if this game shoots out, they're both going to hit their ceiling. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just probably smarter to play the Geno side, though, and then just try to get creative with what you do. Um but yeah, I, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just not, you're either doing what everyone else is doing and playing the Geno Smith stack, or you're taking a risk on Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, hoping he, he performs at a level that, that somehow is better than Geno Smith. And it's just hard to see happening. That's, that's why I just, uh, again, I, I'm, not, I'm not loving this game at all, even though it's the highest over under in the slate. So Fair. yeah. And then the third game that that's that's getting the uh, the point totals is the Detroit Lions 
and the uh, Dallas Cowboys. And well, everything's freezing again. My issue with this game, this game is definitely a gamble. Like, you know, this is this is a great tournament play. I, I don't think I want to take this kind of chance in, in cash for, for either of these sides. Because, look, right now the Dallas defense is legit. Like, they're solid. And mm-hmm. they, they're more than capable of slowing Detroit down. You know, now we've yeah. seen Detroit has, yeah. With this game, with Detroit playing at Dallas, I mean, I can't help but think of this is the, this is the like the Thanksgiving championship. Like this will be the king of Thanksgiving. These are two traditional Thanksgiving teams. It's the Thanksgiving right. Turkey Day. John Madden is excited wherever he is right now. You know. Uh-oh. Was that the rest in peace award? Um, oh yeah, I, that's what I tried to play. It was Taps, but it just no. I'm sorry. Come on. The uh, the turkey, the I the Kerdunkin. Yeah, yeah, I, oh, him and his turkeys loved it. Anyway, yeah, like uh, I'm thinking about making one for this game because you're right. I'm definitely going to get a can. I'm definitely. I don't know if I'm going to go as far as making a turkey for this game, but I'm definitely going to get a can of cranberry sauce and I'm just going to squeeze it out and uh, I'm going to eat some canned cranberry sauce in honor of this game because you're right. Maybe I didn't like think a, of that, but maybe like a turkey TV dinner in honor of or something. There you, know? you go. Yeah. I do. A, I'll do a hungry man. Been a while. It's been a while. I'm in. It has been a while. Um, uh, the Dak thing, Al. I I was wondering. I always kind of wonder. Like you know, I made the the thumbnail for YouTube and stuff, and I've I've got Dak and I've got Swift on there because, well, to be honest, their pictures were easy to pull out, so I put them up. The Dak thing intrigues me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's looking at he's looking at about you know five to eight percent ownership. He has a, a a super ceiling. You know, he's around thirty points on a ceiling. Uh, projecting over 20 points, um, and he's 6,700, which isn't a far cry off of, uh, you know, the other guys we talked about, the Geno Smiths. He's, you know, he's a thousand dollars more than Geno Smith, but he he just has a realistic ceiling. And you know, I think people are going to be afraid to play him because you know, remember the thought in in a lot of the logical thought in most fantasy players' minds is. Let's give it a week and see how he plays, and then we can make judgments from there. And the smart thing to do in tournament play is beat the market, and you beat the market by taking risk. And the risk here has a very high reward. I mean, there's there's a real floor. I mean, this this could be a disaster. You know, Dak could not be ready. Um, They could be not clicking, but. Let's remember the Detroit Lions do not have a defense. They they don't have any defense. They're uh, you know they they got the paper out there and you could tear right through them any way you want. So I mean this is a a sweet spot for Dak Prescott to to show us and remind us why he's an elite quarterback. You know uh, top, over the last couple of years, I mean the top five finisher um, in most fantasy seasons. So uh, minus you know, when, when he gets hurt, but yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's just a real ceiling here. I don't know if I, I, nobody is playing Gerald Everett and I'm probably not going to play Gerald Everett. You know, he's 5,800, which is right about the price of the Geno Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo guys. And uh, those guys just obviously make so much more sense than Gerald Goff, but man, Gerald Goff has gotten there this year. And this is a dome game. Um, You know, both are dome teams. Both of them, you know, one has a, 
real defense. The other one has no defense. So my concern is that, that Dallas just controls this game. You know, they slow the offense of, uh, of Detroit down or they shut down the Detroit offense. And then they just, they just hand the ball uh, to their uh, shitty running back and, uh, you know, let him run away with it. You know, Zeke Elliott uh, finally has a big game and, uh, uh, him and Tony Pollard, you know, split split the uh, running equity and nobody wins. Um, that could absolutely happen. You know, I know DeAndre Swift is still questionable. I I, I imagine coming off the bye, he's going to play. The Sun God, Armand St. Brown, he's also still questionable. But again, coming off a bye, I think he's going to be ready to go. Although, you know, he does have a lower leg injury. And those are, uh, oh, he doesn't even have a questionable tag this week. So, that that's uh that's a great indication. Um, he's seventy one hundred. I love the play. I love the guy. I love the sun god. I believe in him. I believe in the the Armand family, the Saint Brown family, and uh, this is just a good spot. Um, so I, I'm probably gonna have a lot of shares of Armand Saint Brown. But again, Dallas is absolutely capable of shutting this offense down. So that does scare me a little bit. You know, C D Lamb. Has been doing okay. He's been playing all right with with Cooper Rush as his quarterback. I gotta think he's getting excited to get Dak back. He's only sixty eight hundred. He's projected for a thirty point ceiling and twenty points. Um, insane amount of ownership. He's the Tyler Lockett of the week. Um, he he's projected at about 30 percent ownership right now. So everybody sees it. People people know that he's the play. And, you know, he's absolutely going to be a great cash play. Um, but he might be a fade in tournament. You know, I mean, I think maybe you take the risk and you play the lion side in a tournament. And, and you just, you assume they beat the Dallas Cowboys defense, which it's unlikely, but but that's how you win tournaments. And, and you actually play the Gerald Goff as the pivot off of, uh, uh, of Geno Smith. And, uh, you know, you stack him with St. Brown um, and maybe Hawkinson and, uh, you know, whoa, baby, print the money. You're off to the races because, you know, the dollars are just going to, you know, Okada is going to have this the, the money falling from the ceiling. And, uh, you know, you're going to be a rich man. You know, you won the Millie maker with this. I don't know. But I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely going to try to play it from the, the Detroit side um, aggressively. And uh, I will play the Dallas side as well. You know, I, I think the Dallas is just coming in a little bit too under-owned. Um, but, I mean, I feel like I, I'm just having a deja vu moment of this game happening like last year. And it being like the obvious game to play and nobody ended up playing it and, and it right. went off. So, I, I guess see if that's true or not. I like that feeling. I'm in. Whew. They played last year. You know, it's good to see that uh that Dak is coming back with a warm up game before uh before I head down there with our uh with the Chicago Bears. Yeah, uh, getting yeah. that warm up game in before he faces the mighty mighty bears, you know. That's right. You guys had uh going down there in uh two weeks, mm-hmm. you're gonna see the Jerry Jerry's world. Uh, I've been there once. It's cool. I like how the sun shines in through like the little side windows. It's a, it's a cool experience. 
hopefully getting in isn't a disaster. I know sometimes they have problems with the tickets coming in, but I mean, I'm sure they figure that out. The Dallas Cowboys and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's their world. We just live sure. in it. Yeah. We just visit it really. Uh, TJ Hawkinson right now is projecting at 2% ownership. Um, you got, you got to like that. I mean, the guy's got almost a 20 point ceiling, um, 4,800. He's not too expensive and we've seen his ceiling. It's real. You know, he, he could absolutely smash, um, unlikely again against the Dallas Cowboys, but you know, if they, if they were to do it, they're coming off a bye. They got fresh legs. They've been game planning all week for this, you know, um, TJ Hawkinson, of course, putting up 42 points against Seattle two weeks ago. Only put up two points in his last game, though. And that seems to be a, a trend. He either gets a lot or a little. So, But I think this is a game where he, he has potential. Man, if they just keep throwing the ball, this has a real chance to be a shootout. That's why there's a 49-point um, over-under. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to want to be here. Uh, again, I think I like this game more than the L.A. Chargers-Seattle game. I'm just not liking that game. I might full fade it. I don't think I'll be that ballsy, but I might just, I just, in, in large tournaments in the 150 uh, or, or even like a 20 max, I think I, I think I'm just going to fade the game. F it. I'm off it. Uh, other games to look at, man, it starts getting really thin. Um, you know, Cleveland, Baltimore, 45 point over and under. Atlanta, Cincinnati, it's just been so not fun playing Atlanta or Cincinnati this year. It just hasn't happened yet. Um, Green Bay, Washington, like the Packers should be able to tear up, you know, the Washington Redskins. The Redskins are a capable team at pushing back. Uh, of course, they have a different quarterback this week. Uh, we're going what Tyler Heine is finally finally getting a look here. Um with, with Wentz out injured. Um, yeah, I mean, Heineke, I, I don't think he's really that, like, a step up than Wentz. I mean, Wentz has just been god-awful, though. So, like, this might be a blessing in disguise. And you know who the run back is. I mean, it's Terry McLaurin. And uh, he projects well. His price is decent. You know, 5,800. Uh, 5,900, I'm sorry. Uh, with almost a almost a 20-point ceiling. A little shy of a 20-point ceiling. Absolutely no ownership. You know, Green Bay, uh, Romeo Dobbs um, hasn't been getting as many good looks, but he's still he's still the guy. And Alan Lazard uh, has the relationship that you always look for in an Aaron Rodgers team. 6,100 on Lazard, five grand on Dobbs. Um, both are good plays. Uh, both have about 20-point ceilings. So... This game could get you there. Um, Aaron Rodgers is only six thousand. Uh, the pricing, I mean, the pricing this week on DraftKings is low. Like, there's there's going to be a lot of you're going to be able to do what you want in a lot of games, um, which is why I think your 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 source had Eckler's projection so high because he makes sense as the run back in the highest game, and you could afford him. And you can afford him in a lot of different scenarios. And he's a really good play. So, um, yeah, I mean, these stacks are really cheap this week all over the place. Uh, man, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that game doesn't even have a 40-point over and under. 
You know, I, I would love to get excited. Mike Williams um, has just been – was underutilized last week, and there were some comments uh, from the coaching staff basically saying, yeah, that's ridiculous. We need Mike Williams involved. So, you know, squeaky wheel gets the oil. Mike Mike Will, Mike Evans is in a really good spot this week to, to really go off. I mean, the concern is – and the realistic uh, outcome, though, is – you know, Tampa Bay's favored by 13 points in an over and under of 39 and a half. So, you know, unless Mike Evans feasts early, uh, there just might not be a lot of equity through the air to really uh, uh, take advantage of that price point. So, well, there's uh, just not much reason for the Carolina Panthers to even uh, go out there. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? Like for the team to have a win right now. Yeah. Sure, that yeah, you they, know, players may may use that as bulletin board material, but. They've given up. I it's mean, tough they're... to bet on Tampa on Tampa right now is my thing. Yeah. Like you know the way things were blowing up last week, but you know they are getting their receivers back and healthy. Um, that was I tried to say, but my mic was off on Green Bay. I just keep thinking that one of these weeks the Aaron Rodgers thing is going to click with some of these young receivers there too. Like you just expect that to happen. It yeah, generally does, but he no longer has his number one. There's no Devontae yeah. out there. There's no Adams like. The rumors floating around right now is uh, th- that they're looking to get Chase Claypool. And uh, given the fact that I have Chase Claypool in uh, my Scott Fishbowl team, I kind of hoping that he does go to the Packers and becomes sure. their number one wide receiver as Absolutely. opposed to, you know, the third wide receiver uh, over there in Pittsburgh. I can't believe I didn't pick up Foreman. Oh, that pisses me off. Yeah, yeah, that was an easy snag. You're I love those it. snags where you don't have to play the waiver wire. They're just first come, first serve. I had, I had just taken my gummy. I was kind of wearing down. I went and looked at my phone a little bit after that trade went down. And I went and looked to see if I was playing against CMC at all, you know, wondering if he'd get a boost being in San yeah. Francisco. And that's what I looked at. I didn't even, my brain wasn't even working and I need a running back. Shit. I could have jumped on the sleeper before you were on there, knowing that you were at work, just snaking right in there. And I didn't do it. I I want to know who it was. Was it Scott? I would have been so pissed if you got him before me. Oh yeah. You would have ruined my night, Clark. I I think it would have been a good move. I would have been more than anyone. Like you weren't pissed. All right, fine. Fair enough. Ross probably got him too. Yeah, I don't think I got him in the I, – I got him in one of the two. I think I got him in the uh, Tiki. Oh, that's but such a fun thing. You know, everybody's having these the same conversation right now. I was already asleep, all this stuff, you know? Yeah. That's so yeah. fun. And then yeah. I didn't start Emo Benjamin in, in Ross's league uh, because the other the other running backs were projecting a little bit better. Oh, so if Ingram – do you know Ingram had another touchdown call back? I was thinking about you all night, Al. Your yeah. guy Ingram. You have him on the bench too, I saw. Uh, like you have both Benjamin, you have Benjamin Connor and Ingram. Yeah. You're holding on to all of them waiting. And Ingram had one called back. If he'd have gotten that second one, you'd have been kicking yourself on that as well. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have felt bad because he, there was no way to know that he, he was, right. uh, you know, now going forward, I think he realistically is going to be, man, that, that whole thing is going to turn into a mess once Connor comes back. Because I think you got three legitimate running backs, and I think Eno Benjamin is better than Connor at this point. So whether the coaching staff goes with that or not, I don't know. You know, players don't lose jobs to injuries. That's kind of just a, a tradition in the NFL. But 
Right. Well, in this game, in this Tampa Bay Carolina game, I mean, Leonard Skinnerd, Leonard Skinnerd. I was yes. thinking of them because the, you know, the plane crashed today or yeah, my day yesterday, your day. Really? But uh, yeah, it was the anniversary of the plane crash. Damn. So no, no but clue. Uncle Lenny Fournette, on the other hand, 7,700 pricey, but he's in an obvious smash spot against the Carolina Panthers with a 14 point, uh, 13 point, you know, point spread. Like, you know, he, he only has 22% ownership, which is high. I mean, it's it's probably because of his price point. I don't know if I'm going to want to go there too heavy, but I'm probably going to play him at least 20%. I'm probably going to be on the market, if not over. I might I might set him at like a 30% ceiling uh, for, for my, my large field stuff. So, yeah. I mean, that's the obvious play in that game. Just play Lenny Fournette. Ignore everything else. It's not worth stacking. It's not worth really touching. Um, the Giants-Jags. Like, that just has a game that feels like a shootout. You know, 43-point over-under. Like, I, I would probably bet the over on that game. And uh, it's just like – it's just one of those games. It's, it feels like an old-school Jacksonville Jaguar game when they were just terrible. And, uh, you know, who was it? Blake Bortles was putting up – you know, uh, they're putting up 40 points in, in just a bad get team shootout. And mm-hmm. I think that could happen. Like, this is a game right now – I'm looking at playing Danny Dimes, so I actually am going to probably play this game. I might even talk myself into playing like 3% of uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, Danny Dimes is almost the stone minimum. He's 5,100, 23-point ceiling. Again, if this guy gets 20 points, which is very realistic, it's a four-time multiplier. Um, He is looking at about 8% ownership. So people, you know, people are on this game. It's not. It's not uh, like a secret here that this could be a, a juicy game, and like it's just like the the players you just kind of know who to play. Uh, you know, uh, Travis Etienne probably not a good play, but he's projecting now as the number one wide uh, a running back over James Robinson. So that that switch has finally happened for you year long guys who've been sitting on him. Like me, I have him in a league, and I've just been waiting for the day where he finally becomes the guy. And it looks like we're, that's where we're at because he has explosiveness that James Robinson just doesn't. Uh, Saquon Barkley, obviously the steal of the draft uh, by, by many people's considerations. Um, you know, people were, pe- I I mean, who would have thought how stupid people were to be drafting Najin Harris over Saquon Barkley. But man, we did it. A lot of people did. I'm uh, kicking myself with the number one spot, taking Jonathan Taylor and not taking Barkley right now. But I mean, yeah. Taylor's back. We'll see. <sighs> it's frustrating. So Barkley, I think stacking Danny Dimes with Barkley is realistic. Because um, Barkley, man, he feasts in the passing game. So that plays into a good correlation with Danny Dimes. And then you get, you know, you could maybe play a little Wendell Robinson. who. I've held like all year in my season longs and I finally like started dropping him. And now he's, he's again, projecting uh, to be probably the number one wide receiver in uh, of the New York giants this week. And he's 4,500. So, I mean, that's just a guy like he's a steal. He's a, you know, when you're looking for cheap plays this week, just look at Wendell Robinson. I, I think he's totally worth, um, you know, your punt wide receiver, your third wide receiver yep. in 
any 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 of your builds. I think Wayne Dale is a good play. And then you run it back with Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's only 5,900. The guy's got a 20-point ceiling. Um, he's a good player. He has chemistry, chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. So there's just a lot of, like, good plays in this game. The market right now is projecting to be on Zay Jones. I'm actually fading Zay Jones this week. I just don't like the, the matchup. Um, he's 4,400, so he he's another punt play. So if you're looking for some cheap wide receivers in this week, if you need to save some money in your builds, this is the game to attack wide receivers. You know, Wendell Robinson, uh, Christian Kirk, even though I'm not doing it, Zay Jones is a good play at the value. Um, Darius Slayton, no. I wouldn't touch that. I Basically, those are the three guys I would go with. Maybe Marvin Jones Jr., but he's questionable. Um, and then the tight end, both, you know, Bellinger, good young athlete. I just – I needed a, I needed a uh, tight end this week in the Scott Fishbowl. My guys are on by. I went ahead and picked him up, so I'm starting him in the Fishbowl this week. So I, I believe in him. Um, I, I think he's definitely stackable in Danny Dimes stacks. He's only 3,400. And then Evan Ingram is uh, 3,300. And uh, uh, revenge game, I believe, you know, revenge game for Ingram, who was a New York Giant at one point. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah. Like he's projecting the highest ownership, I think, of any player in this, on this game at, at almost 12% ownership. So. You know, he might be the fade if you're seriously taking this game as a as a stack to win a tournament. You you may want to you may want to pull away from Ingram and just going uh, uh, the other guys I mentioned, um, which which could get you there. I mean, Christian Kirk is your run back as opposed to Ingram. I think makes a lot of sense, um, and you're saving half the ownership. So that that's the pivot there. Um, yeah, good game, a lot of ceiling in this game, and it you know the the team totals they're projecting. Um, you know, 20 points and 20 points for the Giants, 23 uh, points for Jacksonville. I mean, that's basically six touchdowns projected in this game. And I'm thinking it goes to the over. Like, I, I'm excited about this game, um, uh, more so than uh, I would have thought. Um, so that that's a game I'm definitely touching. Indianapolis, Tennessee, you know, no thank you. Uh, like, no, it's just horrible. Um, you could, the Tennessee, oh, I'm forgetting now. One of these teams is like just criminally bad against the pass. Uh, so it, it might be worth taking some pieces out of this game, but as far as a game stack, I, I'm not touching it. It's, uh, what do I got here? Okay. Yeah. Tennessee is just terrible against, uh, covering the pass. I think they're the worst in the league. So. You know, Alec Pierce, again, we're talking savings at the wide receiver position uh, for your builds. Um, you know, you got to punt somewhere. You got to save money. 4,600, Alex Pierce, the Indianapolis Coast. Colts is a good play. You know, Michael Pittman is a good play. He's 7,400. He's expensive. And, uh, you know, there's just not a lot of points in this game to maybe justify spending to him which is going to keep his loan ownership under 5%. Um, so he's worth looking at in tournaments. I wouldn't, I'm not going to have a lot of exposure on him. I'm probably capping it at a probably, you know, if, if I had more than 8% in all my lineups, I'd be, I'd be sick. I'd literally probably bomb it. 
And, you know, it's going to be 70 degrees here in Chicago. I'm going to be sweating my ass off in the attic with no air conditioning because, you know, it's supposed to be fall. And if I'm looking at my, my phone and I'm seeing, you know, I have this great lineup and it's failing only because I played Michael Pittman, I'm, I'm going to be absolutely sick. But I do think he is in play, regardless of, uh, of what kind of sickness he's going to cause you by making him play. Um, yeah. And, and really, that's all I'm, that's all I'm touching in that game would be, you know, I noticed you're, you're kind of staying away from uh, Baltimore at Cleveland, huh? Well, we could get I'm just kind of clicking around. Um, yeah. No, I just wondering there, like if Lamar is a good it's a good play again this week. Uh, he's eight grand. Um, he's been, he's been getting it done. Uh, Jackson has, I see yeah. and again, my, my numbers here might be a little bit wrong, but I'm seeing five to 10% ownership there. Now that over under, you know, is that only 45.5, right. right? So, yeah. Yeah. The, the team total they're projecting tw- Baltimore's projecting for 26 points and, uh, Cleveland's projecting for 19 points. Um, I, I, I'm going to take the over on this as well. Like, I think, uh, I think this game goes over and I, I really do like, um, Lamar Jackson. He's one of my favorite quarterback plays this week. So yeah, uh, you're absolutely right in, 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 uh, in pulling this game up, um, looking at the running backs for this game. Weather looks great. Weather's great all around the main slate, by the way. Yeah, it should be, that shouldn't be an issue anywhere. Um, yeah, it's such a smash mouth for it's such a smash spot for Nick Chubb that um, you know it, it, it's like such a sweet spot for Chubb. The Baltimore Ravens have been really bad against the run that I think Kareem Hunt is in play because I think they're just going to run, 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 and uh, they're going to try to you know limit exposure to Lamar Jackson. Uh, through the ground. My problem with this game is I don't like any of the wide receivers on either side. Uh, Amari Cooper is probably who I'd do the, as my run back. Uh, you know, you might as well just go with the guy with the highest ceiling. He's not, he's under 5% ownership. So you might as well just take the best piece, which is, which is Amari Cooper. And we know our Amari Cooper has a real ceiling. We've seen it. Um, it's just, the deal is with this Cleveland offense in fantasy is when they're, they want to run the ball. That's what they want to do. All they want to do is hand the ball off. And when they can do that, Amari Cooper puts up, you know, eight points when they're forced to pass his target share is so high and we know he's a good player. He delivers. So you, you do get the ceiling with Amari Cooper, if this game somehow turns into a game where the, where the Cleveland Browns are going to have to pass, um, mm-hmm. which is more than, more than likely given the fact Baltimore should dominate this game. I don't really like any of the Baltimore wide receivers. I mean, common trend. Um, I think you could say that every week. Uh, du- Duvernay is 4,500. Um, doesn't have a great ceiling. But he's another one of these cheap wide receivers who I'm probably going to look at outside of this game. You know, he's on that list of, of, of good value players because he does get the opportunity and, you know, he can deliver. Um, I just don't like it. I mean, the obvious play is, I mean, obviously, is Mark Andrews and, uh, you know, 30 point ceiling. 
you know, he, he's in a great spot. Um, you know, I love it. A little bit of question there. Two days in a row of not practicing. We'll see today. Yeah. The coach keeps saying that it's just rest day, but there is a bit of concern enough to have me in my year long leagues taking a look around. We yeah. the collective Al, our collective there might in the uh, my FFPC, right? That might yeah. uh, we might we might need to play Mo Alley this week. This might be a Mo Alley Cox week. I dig it. Underrated. Dude's go. a stud tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, but yeah, Njoku has been playing really well this year. He's another great run back. Um, I would probably look to run back Cooper and Njoku. I'd I'd mix those guys up. Um, I'm definitely playing both out and uh I'm probably looking at David Njoku as a play outside of this game. I like him as a piece. Um, Mark Andrews, the same thing. I'm probably, I'm, if he clears that question tag, if he's, if he's good to go and he comes out Friday without any designation, then like, I'm, I want a lot of exposure on him this week and he's, he's affordable. Um, I mentioned Nick Chubb and uh, you know, the concern obviously is they move away from the, the uh, run game and they move more into the passing game, which would bode well for Kareem Hunt as, as more of the passing guy. Um, but yeah, Nick Chubb, I mean, he, he's a guy who's going to be, uh, he's in a good spot this week. He's eight grand. He's a hard guy to project because he's not involved in the passing game. He's mm-hmm. not a guy you tend to like to play in fantasy football, but he's kind of this year's, uh, Derek Henry. So, you know, the dude, uh, Chubb needs to eat and get chubbier. And, uh, this, this could be a place for that. Okay. I like it. Baltimore, Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. Cincinnati, Atlanta. Like I, I just, every week I want to be on Joe Burrow and every week I try to be and I am and I fail. And this game is projected for a slow pace. You know, they're both going to like, there's going to be a lot of running, you know, Joe Mixon, uh, Joe Mixon, by the way, great play this week. Probably the best running back play is seven grand. Um, That's really all I want out of this game. Yep. I want Joe Mixon and nothing else. Um, Sorry. Yeah. So, so we've hit about the hour point. So, um, you know, I think we've covered most most of the games that, that are relevant. I wanted to uh, I wanted to make sure that we at least uh, gave it your. Uh, do you have a Do you have a punt of the week? Would you have one that you would select over another, or maybe a stack of the week? Which Which is your f- absolute favorite of each? All right, my stack of the week is. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Dallas. Okay. With with an with an Amari St. Brown run back. Um I just I just like the spot for for Amari Cooper to show off what he what he's capable of. Um I'm a little concerned with CeCe Lamb's ownership. That's the only thing that, that makes me concerned with that game stack. But I'll find a ways I'll find a way to make it work. Um so I think that's going to be my favorite build. If not that, it's going to be Kansas City, San Francisco. I'm definitely sticking in the higher uh, 
over under games this week. I'm not going to go too deep in the woods. As deep okay. as I'm going to go is probably going to be that Jacksonville New York Giants game. So th- okay. those are the three stacks I, I really like. If you want to try to get value and uh, try to get creative, then it's a Danny Dimes stack. If you want to, if you want to be conservative, it's probably a Patrick Mahomes or Jimmy Garoppolo. I would go, I would go Mahomes. It'd be a, a Patrick Mahomes stack. And if you just want to kind of bet on a game going off, it's in a dome. You know, it's the return of Dak Prescott. Um, I think they're going to want to show him off a little bit. And the question obviously is, can the Detroit Lions challenge the Dallas Cowboys defense enough to make this game a shootout? And if it does, I think you'll win a lot of money. So that's my official punt is is going to be the uh, Dallas Cowboys stack. Um, as far as, like, players. Uh, I like that, that the Cowboys stack is a punt of the week. I do like that. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I mean, a punt. The, the problem is we use that term punt of the week. And punt is, is usually the play you don't want to. It, it's the, the, right. It's the shitty play, you know? So, yeah. Uh, but it works. It's fine. We, we know what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know. Let me just, let me just uh, filter yeah, down yeah. to just my players here. That's all right. Oh, my God. I reset this damn computer. I don't know if, like, it might be time for a new laptop. It's been a couple of years. I need a big win. You know, every time I get a nice win, I, I, I like to buy a new laptop. And it's been, uh, it hasn't been since 2020. So I'm due. You know, all my big wins, all my big wins have come on the same week. It's the first Sunday of November. So we're almost there. So that's going to be a very exciting show once we get there. Because uh, that, that is my, uh, th- that's my winning week. And of course, last year I was suspended uh, by DraftKings during that week. So I couldn't even play it. Yeah, so that's right. Who knows what could have been? I could. It could be like this. Could be my going on three years in a row of a big win on the first uh, Sunday of November. But we'll see. Um, uh, let's see here. I'm just gonna try to find a cheap guy I like. There was a guy we talked about. I just can't remember who it was. Um, let's see if it jogs my memory here. I like Terry McLaurin. That's not cheap, though. That's not. Ah. Yeah, it's probably Alex Pierce. Yep. Of the Indianapolis Colts. You know, the guy's been getting the targets. He's getting the opportunity. He's going up against just a, just a horrific um, secondary. And uh, I think he's just in a, in a position to smash. He's not going to see a ton of ownership. And he's... It's just a good value. Um, you know, the quarterback's going to be obviously a question, but seven targets last week, nine targets the week prior, six targets before that, and five targets. So, you know, two weeks ago, he took nine targets. He caught eight of them for 81 yards. You know, it's 20 more yards, all of a sudden he's got a 100-point bonus. And you throw a touchdown in there. You know, I think this week he puts it together. Last week, last week he had seven targets. He only caught three of them, but he went for 49 yards and a touchdown. So I think this is the week he breaks 100 yards and gets a touchdown. Okay. So Alec Pierce 
is going to be the uh, the steal to get this week. He's going to be your cheap the play. Week. Maybe, maybe He's I'll change steal the, of the week. There you go. I'll change the graphic. So just uh, yeah. And then as far as, as spending up, I, I do like Joe Mixon as as a good running back play. Uh, I'm curious about Christian McCaffrey, um, but I don't know if curiosity is going to kill the cat. Uh, but I, I definitely going to want to be there. Um, yep. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in love with any of the top of the field. A lot of the ceiling plays, you know, uh, Jamar Chase against Atlanta. But like, I don't love it. I'm not all that excited. Um, let's just we'll wrap up. Let me just look at ceilings and then we'll wrap up here. Uh, Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb, Devontae Adams. T. Higgins, Debo Samuel, Armand St. Brown. These are the guys with the highest ceilings. Uh, the best value in there by a long shot is CeeDee Lamb. Okay. Uh, and then uh, the other guy would be T. Higgins. They're both under seven grand um, with, with very high projections. Uh, ownership on CeeDee Lamb, like I said, it's just insane. It's about 30%. T. Higgins gets you about 15. Everybody else I mentioned is under 10% ownership. Because they're just the high-end guys. People are going to want to play them in stacks. And again, none of them are really that sexy. Jamar Chase is in an absolute beautiful spot. You know, the question is, how much does the Atlanta Falcons push back? But of all those guys, I I do think uh, Jamar Chase is probably the top play um, for tournament and ceiling. Um, CeeDee Lamb is the best play for cash by a mile, uh, just because of the value and the savings and the similar ceiling. Um, Eckler has the highest ceiling is at the running back position this week, 8,300 decent. Um, the second highest ceiling is a guy nobody wanted to touch in the drafts this year, but he, he's, he's been dominating at, at, at his job and that's Josh Jacobs. He's 6,500. He's at almost 40% projected ownership. Like he's, he's going to be an absolute fade. Uh, for me in tournaments, I think I'm going to do a full fade on him, which it's bit it's I've been bitten a couple times this year, uh, fading running backs. Running back is the one position where you should eat the chalk. Like if you feel Josh Jacobs could get you there and you want to spend your chalk, well then by all means play Josh Jacobs. But if, if these projections hold true, and we don't get like a, a a late injury that suddenly shifts the market away from him. Forty percent on a guy, you know. Uh, yes, it's the Houston Texans, but man, that's that's just putting so much, so many eggs in the basket. It, it's just like it's not worth. I'd rather lose the tournament play, um, and not play Josh uh, Jacobs than play Josh Jacobs and you know get my money back. Because that's really the difference. Like, you could play Josh Jacobs and probably break even on a week, mm-hmm. but I don't think you're going to win a tournament with Josh Jacobs and that ownership because you just have to beat everybody else playing him 40% of the field. Um, and it's impossible. I mean, the dude had 28 attempts three weeks ago. The last two weeks, he's gotten 21 attempts. He's broken 150 yards. In uh, basically all three weeks, he's averaged over 150 in those three weeks. 144, 154, 154. He's had a touchdown in every game over the last three weeks. Like he, his last three weeks, points 
His last three week drafting coins, 37, 33, and 33. Like, man, it's just, it's hard to argue against Josh Jacobs right now. JJ is on fire. He's, he's, he's better than the other JJ right now. He's better than the Justin Jefferson. He's the new JJ. Um, He's the, the, uh, the black sheep of the fantasy. You know, nobody wanted him, but here he is, you know, three weeks in a row, consistently putting up 30 balls. Um, but again, that that ownership is just too high, and man, I don't know. What do you think, Clark? I don't know. I I'm right there with you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think I think I've learned a lot on this episode. Thank you. Thank I think you. I'm coming off the full fade though. Like I think maybe I'll just try to limit it to about twenty percent ownership. So I'm at least getting. In on him if he feasts, but I'm getting away from him if he doesn't. Uh, quarterback, highest uh, highest projected ownership is Geno Smith. Like I said, I think that's a fade. I just – I I don't like that game. You know, I, I've made the, my cases tonight why I'm, I'm getting away from that. And right now, uh, Cade Otten is projected at 16% ownership. He He's 2,700. That's why. Uh, but – it's always smart to fade those chalky punt plays at tight end and uh, to just try to do it another way. Hayden Hurst, 3,500, 10% ownership. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of tight end plays this week though. So it's either spend up to like Mark Andrews pending the questionable tag, Kelsey at eight grand or punting. I think I'm okay with actually eating the ownership on Cape Otten. There's just not not a lot of options. But I'm going to try to probably spread it around amongst Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst, you know, Kyle Pitts. I'm probably going to lose money on like everyone. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Defense, you're on your own. All right. Well, that's another great show, partner. That's another fantastic show. Every Friday, listen to this. What's that? As I, well, I'm going to have sweet dreams, and I hope you have a wonderful day. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to grab the download of this and use it on my commute. I'm back to the bike, Al. Uh, my sister, you know, was out of town on business, so I had her vehicle for those cold mornings. I don't know if you knew, but the other the mornings, man, were in the low 30s around here for a couple days. Not great for the biking weather, but I did have no. the car, which takes me about 25 minutes longer to get to work in the car, but it yeah. was a warm ride. That's what it was. So, well, I I recommend getting maybe an electric hat and uh, an electric vest. I was thinking about electric gloves, or they may they sell these things that go like over your your bike handle as well that are like mittens for the whole thing for your hand and the bike handlebars. Okay, so we'll see. That, I like that idea. The gloves without the without the fingers on them, you know, they don't they don't cut it when it gets this cold, Al. No, not at all. All right. We do this every Friday. It's the Sports Addict Daily Fantasy Podcast. Get all of your info here. Grab the podcast. Take us with you on, to, uh, on the commute. You Listen on the way in, on the way home, whatever you want to do. Uh, and it'll get you all set up for the Sunday main slate. That's what we do here, Al. Uh, thanks again, partner. All right, bud. All right. Y'all have a great night. Thank you much. Win some money. Yep. There you go. We are not there yet. And...